up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Friday, November 26th, back from Thanksgiving. A fun day of football. Good news doesn't sound like there's a serious injury here for DeAndre Swift. Uh, News may not be quite as good for Darren Waller. I'm not quite sure just yet. Uh, Is being called a strained IT ban. So it's not a major injury, but I'm not quite sure what his timetable is. I would expect it a one to two week type absence. Uh, but then again, maybe nothing. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we did escape major injury for both of those guys. Uh, but of course, we have to break down the remaining games for you here. So we're going to dive right into it. And let's kick things off with an AFC North showdown between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals. I think things are pretty straightforward in the stardom if you got them type area of Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. Both Mixon and Harris averaging over 20 touches per game. And there are only seven players, including Derrick Henry, who are doing that right now through this point in the season. So big volume for the run game. Two top 10 fantasy wideouts. You have two guys who have boomer bust potential and Chase Claypool and T. Higgins. Their teams are constructed very similarly when you actually look at it on paper. Of course, the big difference being Joe Burrow on the upslope of his career and Ben Roethlisberger in the twilight of his career. One thing I keep going back to, know the player and set reasonable expectations, and you're going to be better at fantasy. The player, Joe Burrow, well, some weeks are going to be very good and some weeks aren't. That's just Joe Burrow right now. But I have him at quarterback 11. I do like him in this contest where Cincinnati is favored. Uh Tampa, Indianapolis. Well, Jonathan Taylor coming off that historic performance, right? What do we get for an encore? It is a tough matchup. There's no denying it. 3.5 yards per carry is all opposing backs are averaging against Tampa. But it's Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) And I don't really care. Uh, Of course, Antonio Gibson did score twice against his Tampa defense. Like, it doesn't really matter. We're not going to create narratives when we don't need to create narratives. There is no situation where we are downgrading Jonathan Taylor uh, at this point, especially after last week. I do think it's a good spot for Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman, but I'm not going to use Wentz if I can get away with it in one quarterback leagues. However, I do have Pittman at wide receiver 13 right now. Brady is in every week. Godwin is in. Mike Evans is banged up, but it does sound like he's trending towards playing. No Antonio Brown. I'll be honest. I didn't think Rob Gronkowski was going to be used as heavily as he was last week, but he was. And I guess... I mean, lesson learned is there's kind of only one speed for Gronk. Like, either you get all of Gronk or you don't get Gronk. And we got all of Gronk last week. So I'm right back there, right where we were before Gronk is a top 10 option. In fact, I have him at six. Now, as far as Leonard Fournette is concerned, we can't lock him in as a top 12 fantasy running back. In fact, he is the number 12 running back, but this is where the overall numbers can lie or deceive us a little bit. He has only had two top 12 weeks this season. So he is certainly an RB2. He's not really an RB1, even though the numbers suggest he is. And the matchup's pretty tough. The Colts have allowed three rushing scores to opposing backfields this season. That is the lowest on the year. Carolina and Miami, let's go back in time with uh, cue up the Huey Lewis. Let's go back in time to 2015 because Cam Newton's elite all over again. Well, it's one game first and foremost, but my take on Cam is I'm going to keep using him until he proves us wrong, right? That's kind of where we are. Let's keep using him until he proves us wrong. Cam Newton is uh, in a great spot in this one. 
We know he's going to run the football. We know he's going to throw a little bit, but not a lot of it, right? Now, it's a great matchup for the passing game. I have him at quarterback seven. I'm going to use him until he proves this wrong. Obviously, McCaffrey. Uh, DJ Moore, more of a wide receiver too, but that's fine. And on the other side, we're using Waddle and Gasicki like we usually are. Miles Gaskin, I'm going to temper expectations as soon as Philip Lindsay is fully up to speed. I don't know if Lindsay dresses this week or not, but Lindsay will, if he takes, say he takes five touches off the plate for Miles Gaskin, that is enough to move Gaskin from an RB2 to a flex, no doubt about it. Gaskin's appeal is its volume right now. So keep that in mind. Tennessee, New England. All right, well, the breaking news right before I hit record, A.J. Brown will not play in this one. There is almost no appeal to Tennessee whatsoever. I mean, I can't find a startable option. It's not like, oh, he's not going, start Nick Westbrook-Akina. Like, I can't do that to you. Deontay Foreman, that is like maybe, maybe the best option. Ugh. And... You know, you're going to see him and, and Dontrell Hilliard. I mean, I can't see how Tennessee generates anything offensively in this one. Ryan Tannehill, quarterback 25 against New England. Now, on the other side, we're keeping an eye on Ramondre Stevenson. He did pop up on the injury report yesterday, which could mean one of two things. A Thursday limited practice with a knee injury could have been they limited his reps a little bit and they just called it a knee. I mean, that's certainly within the realm of possibility. Or it's he got hurt during practice and oh crap. So we'll keep an eye on that. I don't have a Friday practice report. If he is DMP today, then it very likely will be Damian Harris and a ton of Damian Harris, like 20 plus carries Damian Harris as a top 12 guy. If not, I'm going to use them both as back end RB2s in a game where New England should uh, command the time of possession. Uh, otherwise, Hunter Henry is a touchdown dependent tight end, front end tight end two, basically. Jacoby Myers, low upside, low upside wide receiver three. Not going to use Mac Jones in this one either. All right, so going to take a quick break, but when we come back, a game that usually comes with some fireworks, the Philadelphia Eagles trending up against the trending down New York Giants. So as I mentioned before the break, the Eagles are trending up. I mean, just a month ago, this team looked like a team who deserved to be picking in the top 10 of the draft, if not top five. And now they look like they're potentially playoff bound. Their next five games are against, well, two of them against the Giants, two of them against the football team, and one against the Jets. Not only a favorable schedule, but a schedule where Philly doesn't even have to get on a plane. That's uh, a nice setup. You can run all over the Giants. The Eagles are running the football well since Lane Johnson returned to the team. Now, no Jordan Howard here, but that means just a ton of Miles Sanders. The one downfall to Sanders for fantasy, and I have met RB19, is we could have that Derek dilemma, and I haven't said that in a while, but it, it dates back to Derek Henry when he would have like a 22-carry, 98-yard game and not be a good fantasy option because he didn't catch the ball and he had no touchdowns. That could happen with Sanders. So just be aware of that, but I'm going to use him, obviously, as an RB2. Devontae Smith, front end, wide receiver three, borderline wide receiver two. Dallas Goddard, we know we're starting him every week. On the other side, it's a mess. Kadarius Toney looks like he is not going to play. Sterling Shepard is not going to play. I don't know what to expect out of Freddie Kitchens, so the only player I will use on the Giants' side is Saquon Barkley, and obviously reluctantly so. Speaking of a game where we can't really use anything or not much... Atlanta, Jacksonville. Woo. 
All right, well, we can use Kyle Pitts. From there, I don't, and James Robinson uh, on the other side. But from there on the Atlanta side, I mean, Cordero Patterson, if he's healthy, obviously, but I can't guarantee that he plays. He is trending in the right direction, but we are far from out of the woods on Cordero Patterson. He is technically going to be listed as questionable after getting limited work in all week. Um, on the other side, like I mentioned, we're going to use James Robinson, but do you have any confidence using anybody else? Especially, you know, Dan Arnold asked after last week, do we have confidence? No. Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault? No. I mean, I guess you could use Marvin Jones as a wide receiver three because in theory, this is a good matchup for Trevor Lawrence, but yikes. Ugly game. Ugly game number two. Jets, Houston. Uh, this game, if you have to use a running back in this game, Using a running back in this game is the fantasy football equivalent of pulling your goalie. You have to use Ty Johnson or Tevin Coleman or David Johnson or Rex Burkhead. You are pulling the goalie. Like, this is a desperation move. Now, in theory, yes, uh, the Texans have a very good matchup in the run game. And yes, Rex Burke had 18 carries last week, but I, I don't care. He was not efficient. The co- combined age of Rex Burkhead and David Johnson, too, is, is over 60 years old. Like, not exaggerating. I could have made a joke there, and I didn't. I just told you how it is. I don't like that. I'm not trying to use those guys if I can get away with it. And on the other side, honestly, okay, well, if they are winning, if the Jets are winning, that means we're going to see more of Tevin Coleman. And we're going to see Tevin Coleman at, what, 15 carries at three yards a clip? What's the appeal? And if they're losing, we're going to see Ty Johnson in the passing game, and we're just hoping he scores a touchdown, or, or else we're left with, like, what, uh, five carries for 12 yards and three catches for 24 yards or something like that? I mean, like, what what appeal is there to either one of these guys? The only appealing players here, Elijah Moore, I don't care if it's Zach Wilson or whoever under center. Uh, Corey Davis is a little banged up. Could play in this one, but keep your eye on that one. Far from a lock. Yay. And then Brandon Cooks, Terod Taylor also is a priority streamer. I actually think Taylor is the best running back in this game. So there's that. Chargers, Broncos. Ah, much better running backs here. Red Edge game, Melvin Gordon. But Austin Eckler, stud, 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 study, stud, stud, stud. After last week's historic game for him, four touchdowns in a single NFL football game, using him, using Herbert, using Allen, using Williams, I don't care if he has downside because he has major upside. On the other side, Judy is a wide receiver three and so is Cortland Sutton, but I do prefer Judy if I had to use one of them. I hope I don't have them both on the same team. I really don't. Uh, I really don't like that setup, by the way. And it is something to note, like there's probably nothing you can do about it now, but there is something you can do about it in 2022. First and foremost, on draft day, be conscious of the players you are drafting, right? And just don't draft two wide receiver from the same squad. And then during the course of the season, be conscious of who you're picking up. Like, okay, if if Judy got dropped and you already have Cortland Sutton, I don't know if I want that extra egg in that basket. Right, that's the question you have to ask yourself. And there's no right or wrong approach here necessarily, but I'm telling you there are pitfalls to rostering both of them, and I only know because I've done it way too many times. Do as I say, not as I do. Anyway, uh, this game for me is about that Denver Bron- Broncos backfield. Javante Williams has been excellent this season, except 
the problem, of course, is that Melvin Gordon is also playing very good football. I think Williams has outplayed him based on my eyes, but we're still going to see Melvin Gordon. It's not like Melvin Gordon's been terrible. He hasn't. And so as long as Gordon is out there, we're not going to get a true Javante Williams breakout. This is a very good matchup, though. The Chargers allowing 4.66 yards per carry to opposing backfields. Great spot here for both Williams and Gordon, both of them as RB2 options for me this week. Rams, Packers, I don't know. To answer your question, and I'm never going to tell you something I don't know. I don't know if Aaron Jones plays. I know it is a game time decision. I know this is in the four o'clock window, like the the afternoon game window on the East Coast. So that complicates things. If I have Jones and I cuffed myself with Dylan, I'm fine. I'm going to wait. I'll wait until whatever three Eastern or whenever the inactives report comes out. And I will, if Jones is starting, start him. And if he is not, start Dylan. It's easy. And if Jones is starting, they're not going to just roll him out there as a decoy. They don't need to do that. They really don't. So they would just rest him. So if he's starting, he's good to go. Kind of like David Montgomery a couple weeks ago, right? Same exact scenario. So if you don't have that luxury, I would lean towards the safe play and just play somebody. If you don't have like an Alex Collins or somebody who is playing either at the four o'clock window Eastern, the Sunday night game or the Monday night game, then I would just go safe and play somebody in the one o'clock window, the early game window. Uh, so there you go there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will play. Love the matchup for Devontae Adams. There's going to be no shadow coverage here because Jalen Ramsey hasn't shadowed basically all season. I don't know why. It's week 12. Like, why are we still trying to create that narrative? Uh, he's going to man the slot in three wide, and they play a lot of three wide for Green Bay. So there is that. On the other side, Stafford is a top 10 option. Cooper Cup is elite. Daryl Henderson front end RB2. The last two games have not been the best for this offense. Now, the question is how much Odell Beckham Jr. do we see? I don't know that answer either, but I am willing to flex him out this week. I've met wide receiver 37, so it'll be really telling. Beckham's presence doesn't impact Cooper Cup's volume. It, the, the only player who is significantly impacted one way or the other would be Van Jefferson, so just keep that in mind if you have Van on your rosters. All right, Minnesota, San Francisco. Very similar situation here to Aaron Jones because we're talking about a four o'clock window game and we're talking about a running back who does not, he's not guaranteed to play in Elijah Mitchell. Now, Mitchell has been limited all week though and really does look like he's going to play. But if you have Mitchell and Wilson, wait, see. If Mitchell doesn't go, you play Wilson and call it a day. If Mitchell does go, then you play Mitchell because he is clearly ahead of Wilson on that depth chart. If you don't have Wilson, I am more willing to roll the dice on Mitchell than I would be on Aaron Jones because I do think he plays. So I'd be using him as an RB2 option, right? Um, So that's where you are with that. Uh, Otherwise, this is pretty straightforward in terms of who we're using, right? We're using Dalvin Cook and George Kittle and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and uh, Debo Samuel and even Brandon Ayuk as a wide receiver three. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a back-end quarterback one. Until he proves us wrong, we're going to just keep going with it. Cleveland and Baltimore, another AFC North showdown. In this one, Lamar will be back, and I think that is the key for us. Before we get too far out over our skis with Devonta Freeman, let's see what this offense looks like if they happen to play from a lead in this one. And I can't guarantee that happens, obviously. But if they play from the lead, what does it look like between Freeman and Latavius Murray. 
I think that is a really important thing we need to keep a close eye on. Freeman, I'm going to flex out, but I'm not going any further than that, and I'm fully prepared for this to reverse course. Now, of course, Lamar we're using. We're using Mark Andrews. What about Marquise Brown? Trending towards playing, but not guaranteed. He's been limited all week. He'll be a wide receiver, too, if he does play, and we'll move Rashad Bateman back to back-end wide receiver three territory. As far as the Cleveland Browns are concerned, really, I mean, I'm using Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb. Does look like Kareem Hunt, surprisingly, is going to be back on the field front and flex play in his first game back. We know there's the there's a lot of appeal to Kareem Hunt for fantasy purposes, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself just yet, but I do like him if he's back there. All right, Seattle, Washington, let's round this bad boy out. If there is a get-right game for Russell Wilson, this is it. He has not been effective since returning, but he faces the number one matchup for opposing quarterbacks Quarterbacks averaging 208 net passing yards, 2.4 passing scores per game against Washington. A great spot. DK Metcalf has been limited, or well, not limited. He hasn't been used in practice so far this week, and I don't think that's something we should be too concerned about. Of course, Friday changes things, so stay tuned on that if uh, that practice report refutes what I said, but I like him and Lockett. Now, the backfield is a mess. Alex Collins is a flex, but... RB31, not much confidence in him. I'm much more confident on the other side. Antonio Gibson, I have my RB17, great matchup. It's a number two fantasy matchup for running backs. He's averaging 15.4 touches per game. It's just a really great spot for him to see some volume. I think you could stream Taylor Heineke this week because of the upside he has, the connection with Terry McLaurin. Now, Logan Thomas very likely will be back but do we use him? I don't think so. No, I'm not going to go that far. I know we had a perception of him heading into the season, but he needs to earn that perception back from us before we just simply anoint him a fantasy starter all over again. All right, that wraps things up for today. But hey, over at FTN, FTNFantasy.com, FTNBets.com, FTNDaily.com, use the promo code Black Friday if you're listening to this on Friday and you get 40% off. It's pretty badass right there. I'm not going to lie. That's a big, big, big discount. So go check that out at FTNFantasy.com, FTNBets.com, FTNDaily.com. Of course, I am at Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter and Instagram. Enjoy your Friday nights. Enjoy the football this weekend. Don't forget that other pregame show on CBS Sports Network, 8 to noon Eastern on Sunday morning. Pre-game football, I'm on it. It's good times. All right, I'll catch you on Monday for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.